You're listening to the IMT Show with Mike Sims. Now here is your host. One of the things I wanted to address is um, I've been in the technology field for ages and um, seems forever. The um, like my first job was uh, in the summer eighth grade. I worked for a um, a little company called TiSoft, which was based on TI computers. They developed software for them and and resold uh, TI-990s and 771s, which are basically these $10,000 huge computers with uh, eight-inch floppy drives. Um, I'm sure I have one around here somewhere. But uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a fascinating uh, uh, summer job. It allowed me to learn a lot of things, kind of put my feet on the path uh, to learning things. I've, I've talked about, you know, how I met uh, one of the executives later and uh, lost a job opportunity because of not having a college degree. But um, it, but it's been interesting watching this um, this technolo- technologi- technological world. Um, it's interesting watching this technological world come into play and how it's grown and what what happened. Um, I think I got to live through the, uh, not the most technically advanced areas, but the, the beginnings and the emergences of certain things that were just, um, were fascinating. <clears throat> uh, when I was, when I was in this uh, eighth grade job, they, there were very few home computer options. There was basically this um, this little TI-990 slash 4A, which obviously an engineer named that uh, device. Uh, not very catchy, but it was a little home computer with basic programming and game cartridges mostly. It was more of a game console, but you could program in it. And it was uh, it was cool. You could do color graphics and uh, colorize each little pixel, not not very high graphics. Then um, a few years later, my uh, brother had bought an Apple IIe and uh, was asking me to look at it and see what it, how it could fit their business. And and again, it was it was more basic programming and pre-made stuff. It wasn't really. Um, wasn't really you know heavily um useful for for business and um it was uh when i moved uh to the houston area and got into uh uh new canyon high school they had budgeted for to buy computers and have start having computer classes and nobody really knew that much about computers, the staff, the teachers that didn't really have a consultant or anybody. Apple was pushing computers heavily, uh, almost even giving them away free to get them in classrooms so that people would use them and get used to them. And then of course, buy them later. Um, they asked me 
because I had actually worked with computers and knew quite a bit about them at that, even at that time, what I thought they should buy IBM or Apple. And I said, Apple has got a lot of educational stuff. They're, they're a lot, um, probably easier to use, but the world's IBM. So if you get apples, nobody's going to understand that well when they get into the workforce out there because it's all going to be IBM compatibles. And they went, they took my advice and um, bought apples. <laughs> so, and they sat there and hardly anybody used them and did anything with them, uh, which I kind of halfway expected that was going to happen anyway. But the, as the, the technology grew and PC started coming about and people started making clone uh, IBM compatibles, which were called PC compatibles. And basically what it was is that the, the apples ran on a, a Motorola chip, a, a RISC-based uh, Motorola chip, 68,000 series chip. And IBM wanted to make a more scaled down processor that could run a, a, a simpler uh, instruction code so it could be cheaper and compete with what's out there. So they made what is called an 80 series processor. And that's when they got uh, involved with Bill Gates and he convinced them to let him just license this software, which a, some college friend of his had written utilities and called it DOS, Disk Operating System. And that made Microsoft. And uh, Microsoft, uh, of course, developed a competitive version of what um, of the Xerox GUI interface that Apple had acquired from Xerox uh, for their Apple computers. And he had developed, a, Microsoft had developed his own called Windows. And of course, uh, Apple had sued Microsoft and then the it was ruled that nobody can have a monopoly on GUI interfaces. So that's what made uh, Microsoft. They, they became dominative and Apple became uh, a very small percentage of the, the business world in general. But um, so I, you know, I, I ventured myself more into, into uh, computers. Uh, into the PC world. My, uh, again, my same brother had bought a PC compatible because uh, clones were everywhere. You could buy them out of the newspaper for next to nothing. And of course, um, you know, they would provide you with all kinds of software and, and whatever. But um, it was a, it was a very free type market, whether it was meant to be free or not. It was uh uh, it happened quite a bit, uh, getting uh, getting software. Uh, it was very easy to copy. So the the interesting aspect was um, when he got his uh, his his computer. He he says, you know, okay, Mike, learn it. <laughs> so I'm uh, I'm you know 16 years old, and I sat down and I started. Um, messing around with the utilities on it. And I really wasn't that familiar with it um, and just started running stuff to see what they do. 
And I ran this utility called F. And then after that, nothing worked. So I called up the guy that he bought the computer from, told him I ran this utility called F. And the guy continued to, uh, to berate me for about five minutes about how stupid I was for running F because that formatted the entire hard drive. And uh, asked me if I was at least smart enough to make a backup of everything. And uh, as instructed when they first got the computer and I said, yes, I did. So he walked me through restoring everything back and everything was back to normal. Of course, I never told my brother um, that wiped out his stuff, but, uh, but it all got back there. So no harm done. It was, uh, I, I picked up a lot of understanding and learning about Windows uh, from it. And there was a lot more business application. There was a program called PFS Write and uh, you name it. There was um, all kinds of things. Um, Harvard Graphics was pretty cool. A lot, of, a lot of interesting programs back then that were developed for the PC. So it, watching, uh, I, I bought my own computer and had uh, nobody, there were very few people that had computers that actually had hard drives. They were all running off floppies. And I spent, I think it was like 300 bucks on a 20 meg hard drive. And everybody thought I was insane to buy a hard drive. Why did I need a hard drive? Everything runs off floppies, you know. And I put that in there, and it was like a whole different world. The computer was much faster running everything. I didn't have to switch floppies out. Everything was on that hard drive that I had on floppies. So it, uh, I started making graphics, and I, I, I love making graphics, and to this day, still do. It's... Um, it's it. And then, of course, you know, the, the computer industry boomed and they were very expensive. The computers were, goodness, they were anywhere from two to $10,000 for a home computer and for, for name brand computers. It was, uh, and they were, it was, it, they were inching you along uh, technology wise on, on speed. On processors, there was the like I say, the eighty eighty six and eighty eighty processors were were being used by Intel. That was the initial ones. Uh, the one eighty six was uh, ended up being used for more like gas pumps and more uh, automated type machinery and stuff. Then they came out with a a major advancement in processor, which was the two eighty six, and that was a uh, that was a biggie. It was a lot faster. Uh, then they came out with um, the 386, and then they even came out with a 387 math coprocessor, which if you were doing CAD and um, uh, major accounting app, uh, applications, it sped up your computer handle, handling the calculations. Um, then they came out with a 486 processor, which was actually a 386 processor with a 387 coprocessor and some cache, memory cache on it to make it faster uh, and introduce that as a new processor, which was fine. Uh, it's all part of marketing. Then the, um, that's uh, the computer I bought when I started working at Dell Computers is I brought a, a 486 and 
most hard drives at that time were probably about 40 to 80 uh, megs. They, that's about it. So when I bought my, my Dell computer, Dell had a really cool um, financing program for employees that uh, they would do interest-free finance your computer, uh, take out of your paycheck. And so I bought me a really nice one. I wanted to do graphics and videos and so forth. And I bought two 450 meg hard drives. And my fellow techs thought I was crazy. Nobody needs 900 megs of hard drive space is what they told me. But when you're editing videos, it eats up quite a bit. So I, um, when I got the, the computer, I, shortly after I, I got it and set it up at home, uh, me and my uh, uh, then wife went on vacation and I asked a, um, I had a, a pet iguana and I asked uh, one of my fellow uh, coworkers if he would uh, watch my place and feed my pet when I'm gone, and he could play with the new computer because I had the, I had the the hottest best computer out there uh, among everybody, so he was more than happy to to play with it and learn. And uh, he, uh, when I came back from vacation, he he told me that uh, some something very bizarre happened. And I said, okay. And he said, you, you know, he said, I, you laid out all the computer books on your couch. And so I'm going through the books and something hits me in the head. And it didn't snap to me what it was. And I thought I was just imagining things. So I, I kept playing with the books and then it hit me in the head again. And I look up and there's this giant iguana head staring at my face and um <laughs> yeah I, I i thought you had a little iguana that was running around but this thing was absolutely huge i mean the tail on the thing was like three foot long and uh i told him i said yeah i've i've actually had a friend come over one time and i didn't tell him i had that and, and he saw the uh the tail and thought it was a speaker wire. And he looked over and saw the whole body of the thing and, and uh, nearly uh, jumped on top of me <laughs> and screamed. And I, I, I laugh, I said, it's not a dragon. It's not gonna kill you and carry you off. You know, it's, uh, it's just an iguana, <laughs> but it was very menacing looking and very huge. But, but, um, but anyway, that, um, but the, the, that computer ended up being very instrumental in, in learning a lot of things. And I ended up um, getting a modem and joining BBSs and realized real quick the importance of social media and was beginning to start my own, as I probably mentioned before, the, uh, my own Facebook style page because I realized that the social interaction was going to be huge. But um, uh, as circumstances in life took uh, a bad turn for me, and I ended up uh, uh, unemployed and even lost my uh, dwelling 
and ended up living in a in my car and needed money and was living on um, a pack of day old bread uh, once a week and just had enough uh, enough money for that and was drinking out of a water fountain at a rest area and that was basically my life for for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and uh, I had a hard time processing uh, thought a collective thought because I had been through a uh, an apartment fire that when I came out of it and out of the hospital it um, I just couldn't put uh, two pieces of thoughts together so it was it was hard for me to to piece things but I had a um, a computer I had that computer in storage and even though it was a 486 and Pentiums which were the newest thing uh, just come out but they were extremely expensive uh, the 486 still had a little bit of value to it and I went to a, uh, called up a computer buy place, told them what I had. And they said they would, they would definitely get, make me an offer on it. So I managed to convince the, the storage place to unlock my storage locker because I was past due and let me have it. And so I could buy it, sell it and then pay them off and took the computer to the place and they gave me $1,200 for it. And that enabled me to leave Austin and pack up my stuff and move back to Houston and, and start my life over again. But uh, while I was at Dell, I learned, uh, you know, quite a bit of things about OS2 and Windows, a little bit of Novell. And it wasn't until I got to, as I mentioned, Dynasty, that's when the training and the computer learning really took off in a dramatic, very dramatic way. Uh, I, I was playing with tandems, uh, SGI boxes, a wide variety of um, uh, Unix boxes, uh, you name it, and had to support all of it and learn it very quickly. So I watched uh like I said, I watched the, the technology world grow and become something. I watched uh, things that people were working on that now are normal, like Wi-Fi. I knew people in Austin that were that were doing Wi-Fi over ham radio, sending uh, networking their computers together through their ham radios a uh, long time ago, before there was even an internet, uh, long before the internet. <laughs> so... It's uh, it, it's amazing how certain things that never took off or nobody really capitalized on uh, ended up being big later. But uh, but now uh, computers are very very high level uh, as far as uh, the software is is more um, more intuitive more. Uh, they're trying to make it uh, a lot easier to work with. Uh, they it, they do more things for you, and um, and allow you to do things that are a lot more professional, a lot easier. Like um, even in the world of writing, 
they're the the grammar and and editing tools are are getting much better. Uh, there's some software that's uh, actually very very good at editing, but uh, nothing obviously can replace a human being because a human uh, understands the language and the the content and context a lot better. But it's uh, but it's getting uh, it's getting better. And uh, it's um, it's eliminating a lot of um, uh, human needs, unfortunately, um, in some respects, and and it's going to continue to to move in that direction. So it's it's going to get to a point where anybody of any skill level is going to be able to sit down and talk to you know an avatar. And this avatar is going to be your sidekick and it's going to be able to walk you through and, and handle what you wanted to have done. You know, so it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a different world, different world very soon. And in a lot of respects, we're already seeing it and in social media with the uh, social media has uh, the, the, uh, the bots and the, um, uh, artificial intelligence that they use in in social media pro, uh, platforms now, where they absolutely know more about you than you probably know of yourself. Uh, it's it, it's scary and staggering <laughs> how much they really have figured out about you. Uh, even even some of the uh, search engines and, and artificial intelligence uh, apparatus of, uh, of of large companies. Uh, can predictively accurately uh, know who's going to win elections um, to to almost a better than 95% percentile. So it's 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 going to be amazing. There's it's going to be a very uh, informative uh, expected level of knowledge is going to be much greater. Uh, the only problem with that I have with social media is that people view social media as fact and as uh, news, and it's not. It's opinion. If you take it as news, you are extremely misinformed because it is. Uh, there's a lot of lot of fake stuff out there in social media, uh, particularly in the in the arena of politics. I used to fact check. Uh, friends of mine's post didn't matter what side they were on that, that, that doesn't matter and I found better than 90% of it was false uh, out of context misunderstood misconstrued uh, or just plain made up somebody said something posted it and then somebody shared it uh, that's that's not news and that's not fact uh, you you have to really check things out and, and go and look yourself and because um because information is coming at you so fast and so hard. Uh, it's unless you've had a loop before certain things, you don't, it's hard to have a context or what my generation called common sense uh, to understand it. It can be very confusing and you can end up being raging against something that you don't really need to rage against because it didn't really exist. It's just somebody's, uh, way of uh, 
polling you or, or convincing you that there's some, a problem out there that you need to address. And um, there's certainly a plenty of problems out there and things that need to be addressed, but just um, you just have to be careful about it and, and realize that no matter how smart you are, anybody can be duped. Anybody can be fooled. Uh, emotion can override any amount of intellect. Uh, always does. So uh, the advertising industry spends billions of dollars on driving your emotions, not your intellect. So that should tell you something. But uh, optimistically, we're going to understand things to a greater detail. I think once we iron out the the crap, <laughs> that's particularly that's going on right now, and uh, in social media and in and with people, uh, that we when we get a better understanding of what is actually happening, and what is actually real. Um, I think we we're going to have a, a very a very interesting times in the next decade or so. I really do. Hey, Mike, how you doing, brother? You say Padino from the Minds MC. Little video to congratulate you on your book, The Southern Cross, reaching number one. That's uh, that's quite an accomplishment, brother. I'm very proud of you, man. Uh, I like the premise, man. So you know what? I'm going to go look for it um, and give it a read. Um, I wish you the best always with that. I see, excuse me, it's being pitched for a movie, uh, so maybe uh, we'll be working together sometime soon. I mean, it is in the Mexican village, right? Good luck. Uh, wish you the best 2020. Uh, wish you the best always. Congratulations, man. Thank you for listening to the IMT Show with Mike Sims. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The IMT Show is an opinion show and not to be taken as serious personal, legal, tax or financial advice. It is meant as entertainment only. IMT Show, Mazarov for Mike Sims is not responsible for ad content. For more information on show schedules and content, visit www.mazarov.net slash IMT.